On this edition of the Iowa Business Report. This really signifies our members' confidence in their ability to plan long-term to make investments in their companies from a long-term perspective. There's a great deal of optimism on the part of Iowa business leaders going into the last half of the year. Those promotional items your business buys do pay dividends. And in our business profile, a Clinton manufacturer that has evolved with changing times. This is the Iowa Business Report for the Independence Day weekend 2023. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com. Here is Jeff Stein. Each quarter, the Iowa Business Council surveys its members to gauge the mood of Iowa business for the following six months. Joe Murphy, president of the Iowa Business Council, tells me why the three metrics used, sales, capital spending, and employment, are important, and what the new numbers released this past week show. Well, there are so many things that go into projecting an individual or a company's level of optimism or pessimism in their overall outlook. But we've found through our own analysis that capital spending, employment, and sales expectations would be the top three main drivers that project an economy's or an organization or firm's level of output or sustainability. And so those are the three areas that we choose to capture You get a lot of good information from there and really gives us an apples to apples comparison compared to our previous months or previous quarter's reports. So the end of second quarter survey is the one that you're releasing today, and it shows a very nice, healthy increase from the first quarter report, which was pretty positive in and of itself. Yeah, we're projecting another six-month strain of confidence here in Iowa's economy. It's well above our threshold to project that positive outlook, above 60 for the first time in two quarters, which is really important for us. The last two quarters, the last quarter of 2022 and the first quarter of 2023, we're hovering around that 60-point index range. And while that's still positive, we didn't really see any material change, any change at all, less than a point between those two quarters. So the fact that we're now able to project a very high score with respect to our level of confidence in Iowa's economy, I think is really important and I think speaks to the level of soundness that Iowa's economy is currently experiencing. The second quarter survey overall index, 64.17. Again, 50 is the median point of striking between negative and positive. So you're well above that, as you mentioned, and that was an increase of almost four and a half points. Sales continue to be very, very strong, and I suppose that's the foundational point. You can't engage in capital spending. You can't engage in beefing up the workforce unless you've got revenue, and your sales numbers continue to be quite strong. We're very pleased to see that. You know, you don't know how the Federal Reserve rates are going to impact that. You're not sure how the national economy might impact that. But the fact that we're projecting a very robust level of confidence in our sales expectations sort of falls in line with everything else. We look at that as a key metric driver for us. As you mentioned, everything else falls into place from that metric point. The employment expectations is the category that increased the most one survey to the next. The sales number of 68.75 was the high point of those three metrics you mentioned, but the biggest gain was in employment expectations up to 62.5, more than a five and a half point increase. 
What does that tell us? Because I keep seeing a lot of help wanted signs. Are people able now, better able to secure the workforce they need? Well, I think those are two different questions. This survey on you know our level of optimism or what we expect or what we need, what we might need, is really different than the available workforce. So the good thing I think that this is projecting, as you mentioned, the largest increase of the three, more than five and a half index points, that's signifying that our 21 members are expecting or desiring to hire many more people over the course of the next six months. That's important because in a retraction economy, you would expect that number to be very low or or in the negative. So I think that shows, again, the resilience of Iowa's companies, the fact that they want to expand their workforce in this state. They're not pulling back. They're not hiring out on a freeze or anything like that. But to your point, it's a much different question than is the workforce available to be hired? And that, to your point there, continues to be an issue for our members and for every Iowa business in our state right now. So obviously there's interest in expanding the workforce. The business seems to be there. The work seems to be there. It's just a matter of making the connection. And I believe you folks also found in this survey that it is still mighty difficult to find employees, but maybe a little better now, midpoint of 2023, than it was three or six months ago. I do think that's true. We are making progress. When you look at the IWD numbers, the Iowa Workforce Development numbers that are released every single month, we're increasing our labor force participation rate. We're increasing our labor force. So that's all good. So it's getting better incrementally month over month. That being said, we still have many more jobs available in our state than people that are not working. And so until that's sort of fixed, we will continue to have a workforce crunch. And our opinion, Jeff, is that the only way to solve that is to bring in new Iowans. We are basically employing everybody who's able to be employed right now. You know, our unemployment rate is one of the best in the nation. Our labor force participation rate is one of the best in the nation. That's a good thing for our state, but that also constrains our ability to hire additional people. And so we need to be working to attract more people into Iowa to work with our federal delegation on on comprehensive immigration reform. I know that that's something we've talked a lot about before. But look, if we're going to expand, if businesses are going to expand in Iowa, they need access to labor and we need that labor to be moving into our state. Not surprisingly, therefore, workforce attraction and retention is the number one concern of the executives that you surveyed. What were a couple of the other key points that just kept coming up as you asked them the questions this time out? Workforce concern, number one, business climate relating specifically to supply chains was the second most popular response to core business challenges. I think it's important to note there that that's just a function of business as it is today. That's not a policy concern that we have. There's nothing that the governor or the state economy or the state legislature or the national legislature could do to alleviate that. That's just the crimp in the supply chain that we currently are are battling and have been battling for quite some time. The third of the top three would be inflation. No surprise, right? The good news is that we've come down a little bit or a lot from uh, last summer at 9.1% inflation. I think we're at 5.4% right now. So still well above the Fed targeted 2% rate at 5.4. But progress is important and we're marching towards that hopeful reality sooner than later. What does it say when we're talking about capital spending? I mean, that to me suggests a commitment to a company and to a community. Yes, employment does as well, but let's face it, if you need to lay people off, 
you can lay people off. It's unfortunate. But when you're putting money into the capital, the infrastructure, et cetera, that to me suggests real confidence in long-term success. You hit the nail on the head. If there's a leading indicator of these three metrics, I really look at capital spending as the first among equals, if you will, on our survey. This really signifies our members' confidence in their ability to plan long-term, to make investments in their companies from a long-term perspective, and to not just plan for it, but to act upon that. Putting down capital, putting down financial resources to increase their competitiveness in infrastructure or technology or other physical assets is a long-term play in their future participation in Iowa's economy. And that is critically important when we think about long-term economic development. Look, we're, we're concerned about where we're going to be in the next six months, of course, right? That's what this survey is all about. But we're focused on the long-term economic vitality of the state. That's the mission of the Iowa Business Council. And if we can take a step back and look at the big picture and think about how our companies can invest in their communities, invest in their people, invest in their resources in Iowa, that's going to sustain us for the long term. That's going to bring us to new levels of economic achievement in the next few years. And that's what we're focused on. Joe Murphy, president of the Iowa Business Council. You can view the full report online at iowabusinesscouncil.org. We spoke via Zoom on Tuesday, June 27th, shortly before the results were announced publicly the following morning. Still to come, from keychains to notepads, they're all important. And later, you'll hear about a Clinton company with around 400 employees on the payroll. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. Looking for a great summer read? Pick up the July-August issue of Iowa History Journal, then sit back and relax with stories about Jesse Field Shambaugh, the mother of 4-H, the old Riverview Amusement Park, baseball umpire Don Dinkinger, Nobel Peace Prize winner John Mott, and the Sioux City Railroad Museum before you visit it this summer. Get your copy of Iowa History Journal at Barnes & Noble, Hy-Vee, Walmart, Books-A-Million, and iowahistoryjournal.com. Have you heard about the Waterloo River Lights Experience? Everyone's talking about the new light show on the 4th Street Bridge in downtown Waterloo. Each night at dusk, the interactive light show begins at the top of the hour every hour through midnight. It includes a nightly red, white, and blue veterans tribute. Don't be left in the dark. Walk or drive the canopy of light tonight. I'm Mayor Quentin Hart, inviting you to Waterloo. Come for a visit, stay for the great quality of life. The Iowa Business Report is presented by Advance Iowa, educating, guiding, advising, and coaching Iowa businesses. Search for Advance Iowa on LinkedIn and Facebook and get more at AdvanceIowa.com. If you're like me, you like attending trade shows or events and seeing what new promotional items are being handed out. All manner of pens, mini toolkits, phone sanitizers, keychains, notepads, and so much more. But in a tight budgetary time, businesses might think twice about ordering swag. According to information provided by Bankers Advertising Company of Iowa City, those expenditures do work from a business standpoint. Industry data shows that 99% of people will go out of their way to get a promotional product, and 99% of people who receive promotional items will keep them. 
Nearly three-quarters, 74%, say promotional products make their experiences more memorable, and 80% have an immediate reaction when they receive a promo item from companies they've never heard of. 79% say they pass along promotional products that are no longer valuable to them, and 75% say the right product makes the difference. Coming up, we'll hear about one of the largest chemical plants in Iowa. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. More than 80 million Americans depend on AM radio for their news, weather, sports, and a community connection. It's the backbone of the emergency alert system. It's critical that we keep AM radio in cars because when cell and internet services are down, this free emergency service could be your only lifeline. Text AM to 52886 and tell Congress we need AM radio in cars. Message and data rates may apply. You may receive up to four messages a month and you may text stop to stop. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. The open road stretching out its arms. Wind sailing through your hair. Feel the thrill in your very own little red Italian sports car. You know, the one that starts with an F. Wow, that's a nice Fiat. Camp Courageous is raffling off a 2013 Fiat 500 of ours. Get your $25 raffle ticket at campcourageous.org. All proceeds directly impact the mission of Camp Courageous. Get your raffle ticket now at campcourageous.org. Support for the Iowa Business Report comes from the Iowa Business Council, a nonpartisan nonprofit organization working to elevate Iowa's economy through leadership, research, and advocacy. Learn more and review the new quarterly member survey by going to iowabusinesscouncil.org. Lyondell Bazell employs some 400 people on a campus of nearly 240 acres in Clinton. The company has grown and evolved over time in concert with changing industry norms. Rich Phelan was associated with Lyondell Bazell most of his career. He now represents the company as chair of the board of the Iowa Association of Business and Industry this upcoming fiscal year. I asked him to share information about the company and how he got connected with Iowa ABI. Lyondell Bazell is an international petrochemical company. Headquarters in Rotterdam, uh, U.S. headquarters are in Houston, and truth be known, the, the real management people are in Houston. Uh, we have plants all over the world, tens of thousands of employees worldwide. Here in Clinton, we employ uh, between full-time employees and contractors, probably over 400 people. It's a big company. Uh, I think it's a company that really focuses on uh, doing what's right by the world that they live in. But part of that world is their employees, and they always treated us very well. I know they still do. Grew up on the south side of Chicago. Irish Catholic got involved in uh, on the periphery of some political things. My grandfather and father were involved in. Moved to Clinton, Iowa in 1981. So this is home. We've been here 40 plus years. Uh, love Iowa. Our kids grew up here. Our kids are still in close by. We're here for the duration. <laughs> Moved to Clinton because I was uh, involved with a company called Chemplex, which had a major petrochemical plant here in Clinton, now Lyondell Bissell. It's gone through several ownership changes in the many years that uh, I've been involved. Lyondell really focuses, well, when I was there, really focused on safety and environmental They've changed that focus to include 
and it's an over-encompassing umbrella is um, sustainability. In our business, sustainability is in all of our businesses, but most importantly in the chemical industry, uh, sustainability is a big issue right now. By that, we mean, you know, protecting our employees' health and welfare, protecting the environment, making products that are uh, sustainable in the environment. We're all aware of the plastic island floating in the Pacific Ocean and the bad press that plastics get. And yet, uh, I think we need to learn that plastics are part of our life, part of our society, and we can't really in the 21st century live without them. I would hate to think about having a glass shampoo bottle in my shower as an example. Or last week I was down in Missouri, Lake of the Ozarks, you know, the security guys come around and look in your coolers to make sure you don't have any glass bottles for obvious reasons. But we have a big job to do to improve our sustainability, improve recycling. The problem with recycling, not just of plastics, but of almost any material short of paper and probably uh, aluminum, is that the new raw material, virgin raw materials, if you will, are cheaper, less expensive for producers to buy than the recycled material. However, the producers of our products, for instance, milk bottles, is a big resin that we sell. And by the way, we just sell the resin. Polyethylene resin, tiny pellets, we make over a million pounds a day both high-density and low-density polyethylene. What I was starting to say is our producers are recognizing that they have a responsibility to the environment too. And so we are re-engineering products to be higher value added when they're recycled. And also looking at different ways. Uh, packaging is a big part of Landell's business, at least in the polyethylene side of it. Packaging is a very complex thing. Companies like Walmart want their packages to stand out shouldn't say their packages, but the products that they sell. Oftentimes that goes contrary to good recycling. It occurs to me that this is a company, because this is an industry, that over the course of your work life had to change quite markedly in terms of it was one thing to produce a good product at value, but then the level of sustainability had to be taken into account while still being efficient and producing value. And, and so for the entire industry, this, this uh, time of your work life was a time of adaptation and change. Oh, very much so. The change in uh, U.S. manufacturing, U.S. business in general in the last 50 years has been unbelievable. History is going to focus on this era as, a, as another chapter in U.S. business. It goes back to uh, environmental performance, but back in the 70s, the uh, U.S. air and water protection laws were first promulgated. After that, uh, in Iowa, the Iowa Department of Natural Resources is the EPA for the state of Iowa. We don't have federal EPA, although they stick their nose in when they need to, but those regulations were being promulgated. In, we had a envir single environmental engineer at the Clinton plant at that time, and he was overwhelmed by all the changes and didn't know how to best communicate that some of these regulations just weren't going to work. Some of them were needed and, and necessary, but some of them were just not, they, you know, basically it would shut plants like ours down. So ABI stepped into the middle of that and really worked very, very hard to um, open the communication between plants like ours 
and the folks at the DNR that were trying to write these regulations. And it worked very, very well. My bosses back in that time said, Phelan, you need to stay involved with this organization. That's how I got involved. I have been on the ABI board for uh, over 30 years. It's been a real pleasure. When I retired, our vice president of manufacturing said, well, who's going to keep the contact with ABI? And, you know, we were going through a reduction staff at that time, too. I said, I'll do it. I'll continue to be involved. And I will keep the communication going with the plant. And so I'm, I'm kind of proud to say that for 13 years, I've been doing that and staying in touch with the plant managers and staying in touch with the staff and knowing what their issues are. I am truly humbled to be uh, chair of the Iowa Association of Business and Industry. Never thought that would happen. But I guess if you stick around long enough, somebody finally says, hey, I think you should do this. So, but I am truly humbled and love to work with Mike and his staff. He's got great people working for him. It's just a great organization. And one that my secondary uh, initiative will be to get more visibility for ABI here in Eastern Iowa. If I talk about ABI in town, sometimes probably a third of the people know what I'm talking about. And the other, like, they just let me talk because I'm Irish. I like to talk. Rich Phelan, new chair of the board of the Iowa Association of Business and Industry, representing Lyondell Bazell of Clinton. We spoke via Zoom on Wednesday, June 28th. And that brings us to the close of this week's program. We're back again next week at this same time. In the meantime, you can listen to all or part of today's program by going to totallyiowa.com and clicking on the radio programs link. That's where you'll find podcasts of full interviews with many of the folks you hear on this program. They're listed as IBR Extras and IBR Business Profiles. And we're also found on all the major podcast distributors, 19 now in all. The Iowa Business Report is presented by Advance Iowa, providing business solutions and support to small to medium-sized businesses. Let's work together. More at AdvanceIowa.com and search for Advance Iowa on LinkedIn and Facebook. We welcome your comments. Send them by email to radio at totallyiowa.com. I'm Jeff Stein. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you have a prosperous week and a safe Independence Day holiday. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com.